0: And you should have access to the pencils and annotations now.
1: Okay, let me just get it. Okay. Uh, good evening. This is Chaim Bravender. And the parish, the parish of the parish of this week is Dvarim. <clears throat> Dvarim um, has been noticed at the beginning of an interesting book which is kind of the words of Moshe Rabbeinu of course the words of Moshe Rabbeinu were repeated by a Kodesh and given to Moshe Rabbeinu and that's why they became part of the Torah but originally they were the words of Moshe Rabbeinu and they contained uh, words of reproof Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to B'nai Yisrael and says you did this, you did that you did the other thing kind of a depressing list of review of all the things that B'nai Yisrael did in the desert that they carry with them. I mean, it's not something that you can forget. It's like Moshe Rabbeinu is saying to B'nai Yisrael, listen, you have to understand, you, you have this problem. I mean, he, I don't know if Moshe Rabbeinu was a a registered psychologist but he was talking to the psychology of the people and he was saying to them that history is something that you carry around with you sometimes it gets so deep into you that it's not so easy to get out and so on the eve of entering into Eretz Yisrael i mean it'll take us a while to get there in the parashat HaShavuah but in fact, they are standing with Moshe Rabbeinu on the eve of entering into Eretz Kina'an. The Moshe Rabbeinu stands up and says, and you know what, you have to remember more than anything else is who you are. And who you are can only be accessed through the aggregate of what you've done, all the things that you've done. I mean, you don't have to go running off to a psychologist to understand that, but it's clear. It's clear, and therefore remembering, remembering is such an important aspect of the Jewish ethos. What we are and what we can make of ourselves has to do with what we remember about ourselves and what it is that we see as having been the good side of us and the things that we see that were the bad side of us. And that doesn't go away. That doesn't go away. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's something that you have to deal with all the time. So even though there were certain mitzvot of remembering that the Torah kind of lays out for us, Moshe Rabbeinu said in his final speeches to B'nai Israel, what we have to remember is history. What happened? What happened? Because even if it seems to have disappeared, it's been it's a long time ago. It's something that we we did, and we've almost forgotten that we did it. Nevertheless, somehow, this is Moshe Rabbeinu's position. It stays with us, and you know the Ramban says, the Ramban says that Moshe Rabbeinu was not trying to aggravate B'nai Yisrael, to embarrass them, to insult them, to remind them of the things that happened. But he was trying to say. He, the Ramban, said that Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to say that in spite of everything, everything you've done, everything you've opposed, every idea that you have denied, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is still with you. And that's something also to remember, something to remember, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu treated us through these years in the desert with Chesed, uh, we receive more than we re- we deserved, and it's important to notice that that has to do with the foundation of our relationship, and that's also that's history, that's our history, that's our history, and so we could ask, I mean, how are we doing? On remembering Tish Abba'av. So I'm not sure what the answer is. I mean, I know Tish Abba'av is very kind of consuming. I mean, you know, it's a fast day. Fast days are difficult, even for people who are healthy. I mean, we're used to eating at regular times, our stomachs are unhappy about fasting and our heads may be unhappy about fasting. And so we remember, I mean, we force ourselves to remember that there was a Khurban Beit HaMikdash, that the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed. And ever since the Beit HaMikdash, I mean, the first temple was destroyed, we really don't know what it is that we're supposed to remember. Okay, we remember that there was once a Beit HaMikdash and we remember that the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed and in fact, if we're a little more sophisticated. We understand that there was not just one Beit HaMikdash but there were two Beit HaMikdash. And if we go even beyond that, we know that the Chachamim at the time of the second Beit HaMikdash wondered whether the memory of Beit HaMikdash number one was cancelled out, but we know that it wasn't. And we know that we remember, I mean, we understand that Yirmiyahu Navi, who was granted with the authorship of the Megilat Eicha, Yirmiyahu HaNavi, Megilat Eicha, right, remember that? He was there at the time of the first Beit HaMikdash. The time of the second Beit HaMikdash, The the destruction of the second victim in was not recorded by a Navi. But we remember it. We remember. We remember the whole thing as one mush together. Because it is a big mush. I mean, how could we have done that to ourselves at the time? We give up. Give up the beta, Mikdash. I mean, assuming that it had to do with our own action and wasn't something that came irrespective of ourselves. So if we did it, we did it to ourselves, we weren't dedicated, we weren't careful, we weren't didn't didn't strike a chord for the details. All of those things. I mean, we did it. But we remember it together. That's the way we remember. And then and then throughout the years, you know, other things were added on. Other things were added on. The, the burning of the Talmud. All the way until the Holocaust. The Holocaust was also became part of Tish Ab'av in a manner of speaking, maybe not for everybody, but for some people. In other words, the memory, the memory of our lack of function, lack of adherence to the system, lack of it it's like put all together in one, one day, one day of memory. One day of memory, it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's hard to know. Personally, I think that it's not enough. It seems to me that, I mean, even though the halakha, halakha, which, you know, halakha has a, is also a message. The halakha has, has, has determined that we should remember the Qurban Beit Amidash all the time all year long even even at a wedding wedding i mean like in some manner of speaking is the apex of joy it's like all there is to do well unless you're the father of the bride where you have to also write a check but all there is to do at a wedding is to be happy it's her only obligation be happy sing dance listen to the music all we have to do under the chupa, under chupa ve minhag, which is pretty generally accepted throughout the Jewish world, is don't forget about the mikdash. But in spite of all of that, in spite of all of that, in spite of the fact that the chorban beta mikdash is really, you know, don't leave some space on a wall in your house to indicate that. There's the Beit Mikdash not, don't, don't always, uh, and we increase Tisha mm-hmm. B'Av to the, shavua HaShachal B'Av Tisha B'Av, Chodesh of the Shiva HaShav, on I mean, it's like, uh, we, we go out of our way. We, we make it difficult for ourselves in order to remember. In order to remember, but what exactly are we remembering? The world that I grew up in, you know, the world of uh, New York Jewry, which also became Queens Jewry and Long Island Jewry and New Jersey Jewry. I mean, all of those juries. I mean, we have a lot to be proud of, those of us who live here. I mean, we have schools, we have yeshivots, we have community centers. I mean, we're raising generations of children who are more and more Jewish than their parents in, in, in obvious ways.
0: Remember uh, when I was a kid, it was uh, not easy to daven in Mincha when you were on a train. But today, I
1: think it's easier in spite of the fact that there are little kind of problems, the problems of uh, anti-70s someone came up, but you're talking about a much stronger Jewish community. So what is that Jewish community supposed to remember? What is it supposed to remember about? Okay, it, it happened, there was another. So in spite, of the fact, in spite of the fact that we put in a lot of effort into remembering, in spite of the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu told us it's about our the nature of the Jewish people. We have to look for the nature. In spite of all of that, we feel, I think, as a collective community, that we're doing pretty well. And this, of course, includes Eretz Yisrael, where there's a tremendous amount of Torah being learned.
0: where Jewish institutions develop all the time.
1: So what is it that we can do today that's not just external and not just like an annoyance? What way is there to remember what it is that we're supposed to be remembering about the Chorban Beit HaMikdash? But also, I don't think that as a community. We missed the Beit HaMikdash the way we missed Eretz Yisrael. I mean, Eretz Yisrael, we missed Eretz Yisrael, but we kept coming back to it. We missed the Beit HaMikdash, but unlike uh, the Aliyah of Ezra, we didn't really think to rebuild the Beit HaMikdash. We didn't know what to do with it. Before we go on, I'd like to uh, mention that this shir is Liluy Nishvat Ben gidal and is dedicated in memory of Mr. Norman Rubek Zal by his loving family. Thank you to the Rubek family. So I wanted to kind of connect it oddly to a pasuk in Megillat there. I mean, this search that we have. For a meaningful memory. Like, what are we supposed to be thinking about? So the Pasuk is this way, Saper Haman Remember Haman? Purim. It's Purim. As the Pasuk, you'd give way Haman He had a wife whose name was Zeresh. She was very clever. the and all those who hung around, you know, the people when you have a some person of power. So people of lesser power hang around. And they called in the pasuko ohavav, the lovers. But you know, they don't mean lovers. They mean people who say they love. At Kol HaShem all the things that happened, you remember what happened? The king had a dream, and he decided that he had to reward Mordechai, and he appointed Haman to be the kind of in charge of giving out the reward. He dressed him up, he put him on a horse. All these things are obviously symbolic and meaningful to the people in Shushan And so they turned to Haman, the people he sought advice from, and Zereshisto, his wife, and they said, If Mordechai is the Jew, Asha You started it like it looks like it's happening. You know the, the people cover they interpret dreams. Here there was no dream. It was real. It really happened. He says, you know, if Mordechai is on the horse and the horse belongs to the king and the garments belong to the king, I mean that's really a statement, uh, Haman. That's like something happening. He says, You're not gonna be able to recover. You're not gonna be able to I mean, it's over. It's it's happened. It's like a Shakespearean interlude. You know, like you could try, you could try whatever you want. It's you know the end is we you know what the end is going to be. And then the Pasuk ends So you know Chazal. We're very, we're very sensitive to word changes, to additional words that in the, in the language, I mean, it's not the chumish, it's not, it's not so much that, that uh, it's divinely inspired in that way. But still, Chazal wondered, why say, why not just say, tipolefana? you're gonna fall before him? Instead, what the pasuk says is, "The po I mean, the po." The po," you will verily, verily fall. I mean, what does that mean? Why is that different? What is that supposed to? What is that supposed to teach us? One more pasuk. Odam While they're talking, they're trying to explain to Haman that his fate is sealed. They're talking with him. So he says the officers of the king, showed up. They hurried up to bring Haman to the party that Esther uh, did, and we all know that things ended poorly for Haman. And uh, well, of course, for Mordechai, and for Esther, and for the Jewish people, it's Parash and Madai. Uh, and that's the end of the story. And <laughs> we're left with this question of enough <laughs> Polifanaf. Nafalti enough, And so there's a Gemara. The Gemara in Megillah, the Gemara in Megillah is largely in Adrachah. Uh, uh, and... Uh, and in the Gemara, in the Gemara, we we have this uh, drasha, drasha Rabbi Yehuda ben Eli, <laughs> So Rabbi Yehuda ben Eli says, "What's going on here? I know what this means, but why write the fall? People, I mean, he's only got to fall once. He Doesn't have to fall twice? He <laughs> Haman." Does that default twice? So why did the the writer, I mean Mordechai and Esther, somehow they wrote the Megillah? Why did they kind of put in this secret note here, Amrulo? So they answered Rabbi Yehuda ben Eli, Umaso, Mishulah laafar, Umisulah Kochabi. This nation, the nation of Israel, is Mishulah. Is it sometimes compared to a? To the dirt the dirt and dust and sometimes the stars when they're bad they are like dust in the in the earth when they go up they go to the to the up to the stars up to the stars the So according to Rabbi Judah ben Eli or the people who explained this to Rabbi Judah ben Eli, "naftol tifol" means you've had it. You Haman have had it. It Doesn't matter whether you're talking about Bnei Yisrael of the stars or Bnei Yisrael of the dirt. Doesn't matter. You've had it from both of them. Now, what exactly, what exactly do they mean when they said? Mishulala kochavim, that compared to the to the to the stars, or mishulala afar. So we look at the few psukim, and you see Breshit parak Yudguv pasuk that sign. It says the samti edzaracha. Korach, Baruch, who talking to Avram Avinu, like the dirt of the earth asher im yuchal ishtim, noted afar haaretz, gam zaracha yimaneh, gam zaracha yimaneh. So here, B'nei Yisrael, the future of Am Yisrael is afar haaretz, the dirt of the land, the dirt of the land, there's a lot here, When you get, take a little dirt in your hand and, and take a look at the kernels I mean, they're just endless. What a bracha. It's a tremendous bracha. Reishit, Peret, Tedva, Pasuke. The next pasuk on the sheet. avinu. Vayom ha-bet look up into heaven as far count kochavim Count the stars in heaven lo your children will number as the as the even if you say it doesn't mean an exact number, but it means a big number. I mean it's impossible the Milky Way you know it's, that's our that's us. I mean how many stars are there? I mean, it's a, it's a number you can't even write down with the regular numerical citation. Like I got all kinds of uh all kinds of fancy uh, uh signs that they didn't teach me when I was in school. So you see here's a talking to and you could ask that question how come sometimes we're compared to Afara Aretz? And sometimes we'll compare it to angels in the sky. And this goes on. This goes on. We'll turn to the next page. Next page. The next page is gone. Oh oh I could do it. I think I could do it. I'm sorry. I can do it.
0: Another pasuk.
1: He varecha varechecha, Kodesh Baruch Hu says, to Avram Avinu, ha abed ben zaracha ki-chovei you could have a lot of progeny. It'll be like the stars in heaven. V'kachol ha-shar it's hard to understand. And, and the, and the, the, the uh, sand on the seashore, what do you mean, like the stars out of the sand, when me both together? I mean, if it's just a way of saying innumerable, why do you have to say both? Okay, your children will inherit the gate to the enemies. Rashi explains, Barecha, barechacha. You see the Rashi? Achat la'ava, achat la'ben. This is Avraham and Yitzchak. So teaching Avram Avinu that the bracha is gonna be carried over. It's not just the bracha to him personally. Another pasuk your descendants will be like stars, like the stars again. And they will inherit all this land. And everybody will feel wonderful about the fact that your children, it's like a sort of messianic prophecy. But again, they are like stars. They're like stars. So so you see that, that Am Yisrael is sometimes called star. They're, they're, they're going to be like the stars. And sometimes they're going to be like the dirt of the earth or the sand of the sea. And it could be that these two ways are just different ways of saying tremendous numbers. The number will be tremendous. But if that's the case, why do I need both? Why do I need both? So we stop talking about that and just like think about another, something else. That the parish of Dvarim, the Parish of Dvarim and the Shabbat, and we read the Parish of Dvarim, it's always a Parish that we read before the Shabbat. That's how the the calendar uh, is worked out. The Shabbos Dvarim, like this year, Shabbos is Dvarim. And Sunday is Tisha B'Av, but uh, generally, the Shabbos before Tisha B'Av,
0: Shabbos before Tisha B'Av, is the we read the of Dvarim in Shu We read the parsha Dvarim in Shur.
1: What's the connection? Uh, Why tvarim? Dvarim, we said before that Moshe Rabbeinu is starting to tell B'nai Yisrael who they are and what they've done and what they should be introspective about, how they should understand themselves. What's that got to do exactly with Tisha B'Av? Okay, Tisha B'Av is nothing in a long list of historical events that indicate that we have a problem, But why Dvarin? Any parasha of Moshe Rabbein speaking would be appropriate. And besides which, I don't see that much content. So some people say it's because of the word Echa. Echa we know is the first word of Megillat Echa. The first word in the Migilat Echa is Echa. And in Dvarim, there's a Pasuk where Moshe Rabbeinu says, Echa Salavadi Tachachem Masachem Verifchem, how will I bear alone your all the troubles you make, the things I have to bear, the fights you fight about, how can I do it? Echa. So because there's an Echa in Devarim and there's an Echa at the beginning of Begilat Echa, that's a connection a connection. It's made a mix of, I mean but it seems okay, it's a connection but it doesn't seem to be that such great significance. Maybe I'm
0: mistaken. So to
1: get a hint about Eicha, I want to like so what is Eicha? Before we see a pasuk in Yeshayah, you see the first pasuk in Megillat Eicha says, "Eicha Yeshua b'Adad, Hayir Abati Amayta kaAlmana." Eicha is a word which in Hebrew is similar to the word "ech," which could be translated as "how." How could it happen? Oh, we know how it happened? We know exactly how it happened, but that's not the question. Eicha is different than eich. Eicha means something different than eich. Eich means how did it happen? Eicha means
0: since it couldn't happen, how did it happen? How did we, how did
1: we understand Yeshva B'Adad, Yerushalayim is alone, the great city, Aitaka Almana, alone, unrespected, unconnected. After all, it was the city of God, it was the city in which god's palace was built i understand that we deserved to, to be punished i understand that we deserved that we deserved to suffer i understand that we we did terrible things we forgot about God, we forgot about the service of God, we forgot about being with God, we forgot all of those things. That I understand. I understand about punishment, but I don't understand That I don't understand. And not only don't understand it, but I know that there is no understanding of it. Because in some way, in some kind of strange way, it was God punishing God. And we know that there is this idea that a Baruch Hu went into exile with with the Jewish people. What does that mean that God went into exile? I mean, God doesn't have space. It doesn't have time. It's like every place, every time, everywhere. But if there was a Beit HaMikdash in Yerushalayim, that meant something. It was the follow-up of the Oil Moed in the desert in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu taught us that there could be a special place for God in this world, in spite of the fact that God created the world that was beyond the creation itself at the time of creation, or time in creation. Nevertheless, the Nafi is sitting there, Yirmiyahu is sitting there crying, how could this happen? Not, I'm unhappy that it happened, but that it couldn't happen. You're talking about something that couldn't happen, something couldn't happen happened that God couldn't defend his temple, his place, against some marauding uh, uh, Romans. I mean, okay, the Romans had an army, but God is God. God made the walls of Jericho fall. The walls of the Roman legions could also have fallen. Eicha <speaking> And Yirmiyahu knew this, that that was the meaning of the word Echa from Moshe Rabbeinu. Remember, Dvarim Perik, Aleph, Bet. Here it is. Here it is. Just one second. Uh...
0: Here it is. Here it is.
1: Eicha. He went from Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu said, it's impossible. It's impossible. He said, what was my job? My job was to take them out of Bitzrayim and bring them to Eretz Kedon. But what was the real job that Moshe Rabbeinu had? To make sure that Bnei Yisrael were worthy that B'nei Israel were worthy of the Torah, then that they were worthy of Eretz Canaan, and all the time B'nei Israel said, we are not worthy, we don't want to be worthy, we don't want to accept that responsibility, we want to be on that level. And so in some manner or other, you could say that Moshe Rabbeinu said about himself, I failed. I can't do it. I can't do it myself, even though I was given this instruction specifically by Kodesh Bochum, I can't do it. I can't do it. And that created in Am Yisrael the impossible question, the question that was impossible to answer. And the first one who asked that question was Moshe Rabbeinu in the parish of Devarim. When he said eicha shelavah, I don't understand what the Kodesh Baruch gave me this job, I can't do it. I'm trying,
0: but I can't do it.
1: And because of that, Yirmiyahu hu anavi, of course, knew the Chumash started off the Megillah, Megillah's eicha with the words Echa Yeshua," but that this couldn't happen. This
0: couldn't happen. So we go back. Uh, just one second. We go back. They said to
1: Haman, "Keep the faulty pole for another. Keep the faulty pole for We know, we know that Rabbi Huda ben Eli asked, "Why the faulty Why do we need both of them?" They said to him, "Sometimes bnei Yisrael are compared to dirt, to dust, and sometimes." the stars. When they go down, they go down. chain When they go down, they're like dirt, and when they go up, they're like stars. And we saw that in the in the psukim. So what was it that the wife, Haman's wife and his advisors, what did they say to Haman? There's nothing you can do. It doesn't even have any to do with the state of the people of Israel. They could be like stars or they could be like dirt. They will do you in. And that's what the Pesuki meant, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Aram Avinu. He said, Nafotipo, Aram Avinu, sometimes they'll be like stars and sometimes they'll be like dirt. But they'll just get bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. That's the guarantee. That's the guarantee that he he gave his uh, gave to Avram Avinu and to and to Yitzchak. Avram and Yitzchak had that guarantee had that guarantee. So when when Moshe Abenu when Moshe
0: Abenu said second. So When Moshe Rabbeinu
1: said, Echa levadi maybe there's a positive note that he says, I know, I know that I have to do it. Maybe it's levadi, I can't do it by myself, but I know that it's going to work out at the end. And maybe that's what Yirmiyahu Navi said when he said Echa... Uh, when he said "Echa yeshua B'Adad Ha'ira Basi he says, "He said I don't know the answer to the question. It was I can't answer the specific question, but I know in the faulty pole that the guarantee that our Kodesh Baruch gave to Am Yisrael that they would be they would continue to exist. That guarantee. That guarantee is true." whether they are nafo, or po whether they are like dirt or like the stars. And, of course, there are going to be bad times, but there will also be good times after the bad times. And that's the thing that we hope for the most and that we were led to believe that, in fact, the, the agreement with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is that the good times will out. The good times will out, and Echay Yisrael B'adad is not going to be understood, but Am Yisrael is going to be able to rebuild itself, and that's all we proved. Of Yochel and zakai all the Jewish halachists, the Rishonim, the akronim the Torah scholars—they've all proven themselves that they can pull themselves out of the Am Yisrael Kafar and bring us into the Am Yisrael Kochavim. And the Or, the light that we all think should be coming from Am Yisrael, uh, I think more and more, more and more is
0: part of our tradition
1: and understanding. What we do in spite of the Khurban Beit HaMikdash, in spite of the fact that we continue to remember who we are and what we've caused and why we did it, in spite of all that, we seem to have the faith that's necessary to rebuild yourself. Without that faith, rebuilding would be impossible. And in the last century, we've seen it after the, after World War Two, and the nations around the world, but most expe- especially in Eretz Yisrael. So the Chorban Beit HaMikdash remains for us a point at which we have to discover who we are. But the idea that the Beit HaMikdash, that the Khurban Beit HaMikdash will stifle us, stop us, prevent us from becoming the stars that we might be, well, that idea seems to be incorrect. And even on Tisha B'Av, I think it behooves us to remember that there was a world, just as it's impossible for us to forget the Khurban Beit HaMikdash, It's important for us to remember that there's a history after the Churban Beit HaMikdash which we can generally speaking be quite proud of. All the best. Uh, Shabbat Shalom. I wish you, as they say in England, well over the fast. All the best.
0: Have a meaningful fast. Thank you.